what's going on everyone welcome back to Morel's podcast um today i have a special guest the legend himself um <laughs> his name is mr lewis tillis um he's a newly retired person retired uh probably about a month ago i believe um but i wanted to bring him on um he's a great guy i met him years back um he's he's really is a man that i can say that is He's about um, kingdom men. He's about helping men grow in God. Um, so today we're going to kind of talk about um, legacy. Um, but I want to um, bring him on real quick, if you, um, Mr. Lewis Tillis. Right. Uh, um, good morning, all, or good afternoon. It depends on what yeah. section of the United States you're in. Yes. I'm presently living in California, Desert Hot Springs. Uh, Understanding about legacy requires a little history, historical background from my standpoint. Um, I was born in Los Angeles, California. I was raised by my mother. I never have had an opportunity to know my parental father. And uh, so understanding the gamut of legacy is very important to me because first of all, to define legacy, as far as I was concerned, it gives you a foundation of what you can build on, what you uh, can expect to encounter out of life from the experiences of others, especially your father or your parents. And uh, the biggest thing that, uh, applies to legacy is understanding who you are and what you can amount to. Okay. Now, not having a previous knowledge of my father's background, I would begin to begin to build my legacy off of knowledge of others. Um, I have to admit that I was not saved initially in my young life, and therefore I kind of experienced life and built my life programs off of uh, trial and error, meaning uh, if something came to mind and I thought I should do it, I delved into it, but it didn't necessarily lead to the productive or successful fruition that I think we as men desire, meaning being successful. However, I was able through education and inquisition, meaning I wasn't afraid to ask a question uh, about uh, a determination or making a decision. And through that uh, effort, I was able to accumulate a mode of action, a mode of operation. And from there, I built on the legacy of success, trying to be successful in each life's endeavor. However, you have to understand that God has a determination for us, and we really do have a legacy if we are Christ followers, Amen. because as you get into the, his word, 
you find that you're able to create a guidance or a path through through Bible uh, scripture uh-huh. or transcripts that allows uh, God to give you a direction or a platform to build on. Yes. And uh, I think that my most adva- ad- advantages occurred when I learned that to trust God and to learn his word and to learn to follow the path of to righteousness. And to me, there's no greater legacy than being a Christ follower because you learn right from wrong. Yes. Being that it's not difficult to be righteous because righteousness is simply, <coughs> excuse me, the element of doing what is right as opposed to what is wrong. Okay. Yeah. And I've learned through, <coughs> excuse me, through scripture that following the path that is designed through the word of God was far simpler than the hit, hit miss of <clears throat> following the guidance of society. So to me, achievement began to materialize. <coughs> Y'all have to excuse me. Achievement began to materialize once I was able to rationalize the difference of right and wrong and to know that I have to trust someone so I learned to trust God. And through learning to trust God, I learned to trust others. I learned to look for the good in my fellow mankind and to see the good in a man or a person yeah. rather than the negative and not to judge. I want to stop you right says. there. I want to stop you right there. Cause, okay. cause I want to, I want to change it up a little bit because when you, cause you're talking about like um, before and a shift, like when God gets, when God saves you, that's a shift, you know, maybe before whatever was happened, whatever that legacy was, you know, that was it. Um, but um <laughs> I know a scripture that I wanted to read was um, about Paul and it's um, in Acts 9, um, 26 um, through 27. And it says when he came to Jerusalem, this is um, 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 Saul um, going to Damascus, uh, Damascus and Jerusalem. And when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple because at one time, he was killing the the Christian, the Jews, and now he's have his life has changed. You know, he have a he had a legacy as killing, and now yes. he, he had a now he built the legacy of preaching the gospel and dying, preaching the word of God. So let's let's kind of get it into the like um to spread hope for somebody maybe had a legacy before they came to Christ, and how can they start to build that legacy. You know, sometimes people see you and they still see the old you, but they don't understand that you have changed. So talk about that in some kind of way, like. Okay. Uh, well, you kind of you hit my life on the, the nail on the head. Because I was raised without uh, male leadership in my life, I made some mistakes. I, uh, 
ended up in the early part of my life. I mean, my mother believed that I should, in order for me to be successful as a black man, I had to be educated. So she sent me to private school and I went to private school, a Catholic school all my life. Uh, I received, a, uh, a, to me, a great education. Uh, I learned uh, a number of things and my academia, I graduated high school with a 3.6 grade point average. And I also went spent two years in college until I got distracted, okay. Now, uh, being two types of person, I'm definitely that character. In my young life, my young adult life from 21 up to at least 35, I was a street individual, as I indicated. I had no leadership or no guidance, so I learned my uh, path through watching society. I was uh, raised in South Central Los Angeles, was which predominantly uh, uh, black, and I was spent more time in the street element as opposed to a, a, a normal career-minded path like uh, most young men. And uh, as I continued on, I was able to do to my education, I was able to do both, exist in two worlds. I was able to exist in the uh, street world because of my uh, the way I was raised in the environment I was raised from. So I was familiar with street activity, but I was also familiar with corporate activity of, uh, you know, how to speak, uh, gaining knowledge in math and English and uh, some of the sciences. And so I was able to coexist in the corporate world. And, but as I continued on, uh, the financial aspirations were not as advantaged at an advantage to me as in corporate life as it was in the street life therefore when i tried to exist in the street life i turned to uh selling drugs using drugs uh being uh at one point in my life a member of a gang i uh was placed in a number of precarious positions because of that legacy I had of uh, trying to survive and the strongest survived. So I learned how to make to follow the parameters of the street life. And then I ended up getting uh, arrested and spent some time in incarceration. And when I got arrested in 1985, I went to while I was incarcerated, I began to go to church and listen to ministries. And I decided that that path of life was not conducive to me being able to survive. And then when I got convinced by uh, a preacher that came to the uh, LA County Central Jail and as uh, as Ruiz and uh, also a uh, deputy, Los Angeles County deputy sheriff who was saved. And he recognized that I did not belong in the environment that I was in. And he asked me one critical question. He says, when you're released, what are you going to do with your life? And I honestly had no idea because I knew I could go two ways, but because of my felonious history, 
uh, I was kind of limited. So mm-hmm. then I began to, so that meant me, meaning that when I came out, my family, my mother, my sisters, they all, they all knew my sons. I have grown sons now. And they all knew what kind of life I live. I was the street life. I lived what you call the thug life. And mm-hmm. so when I came out and I tried to be different, that legacy or that mantra or that mantle followed me as to what I did in the past. And it was very difficult for people to accept or receive that mm-hmm. I was changed, that I was a changed man. Now, mm-hmm. like Paul, I had to continue to endeavor because I developed a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, meaning I knew he forgave me, whether my yes. fellow man forgave me or understood me or not. I knew that I was redeemed by Christ and covered in his blood, and I did not have to live that life that way anymore. And that if I can trust him and trust in his guidance and with prayer and listening to the Holy Spirit, I would have an opportunity to go in a different direction. Now, it took time and perseverance to regenerate my legacy, meaning I had to become somebody different now. I had to become a Christ follower. I had to walk in that path. And every day I learned to follow the, I'd get up in the morning and I'd read my word and I'd try to say, okay, God, what do you have for me today? What do you want me to see? Of course, it was difficult to find work because as being an ex-felon, you know, you have to tell them if you didn't tell them that you were a felon, they found out you would lose your job. So it was Uh difficult to get people for society to, to see you differently. But I learned that if Christ could see me differently then uh, that's what I needed to depend on. And I didn't allow myself to get defeated because of uh, of being uh, not received or what we call, quote unquote, failing to take a stand or find a position. So I continued in following Christ. And I just said, Lord, I said, whatever you got for me, just give me the patience to see you rather than decisions of others. And he taught me patience. I learned patience. And then I, to- I, I was able to confide in God, not sitting there saying like I had a, a pivotal conversation with God. He said this and I said that. He just, I prayed and I kept my mind and my heart open to see his response. And I was able to, he, uh, years la- a couple of years later, he found me a mate who was uh, a saved and sanctified woman and it made it easier to have someone that believed in you and believed in the same things I believed in and it was able to go on forward and as time uh, presented itself the Lord restored to me everything and more than what I achieved when I was living the thug life now I was pretty Mm -hmm. successful you know, you you know, you drive those Cadillacs, you drive those Lincolns, you live uh-huh. and you got multiple appointment apartments and things of that nature. But when God, when I started to live in a life following the path of my Savior, I never was able to buy a home. 
and since I have been saved, God has given me the legacy of being successful in business, meaning I was finally restored back to employment. I worked for several companies and became a leader in the company. I, my last job, which I retired from, I worked 15 years as a manager, meaning I worked in a distribution center where there were uh, four people in charge and I was number three. And now that mm -hmm. to me wow. was a restoration of God. That was, that just showed me how God had confidence that I was going to do it his way and not my way because he opened doors when I thought, well, okay, you know, they're not going to receive me in this. God just opened the door and he just, and all I had to do was walk in it and believe and be grateful. The one thing I learned is to show gratitude to God first and then be grateful and, and, and comfortable with others and then not be afraid to let people know the path that I was following then. And uh, not so much as, okay, you're preaching, you got to be saved, you got to do this. But I learned from God that if you live in the right way and show the right path, meaning people are watching you. And brothers, I need you guys to all understand, people are watching you. So when you walk a certain path and you act a certain way, there's going to be two things that's going to happen. Either they're going to judge you off of what they see, or they're going to ask you questions. How do you, how do you believe that? I have constantly was known. I love to smile. I love people. I am what you call a people person. I am yes. able to walk into a room and yes. greet somebody with a smile, not trying to read them, but just to make, have them be comfortable with me and then I'm comfortable with them. It didn't matter whether they were white, black, Hispanic, Oriental, or whatever. I was able to establish a platform of relating so that they knew that, okay, I meant them no harm and they were my best interest, meaning I was whatever I could do to, to make them happy. And then that that platform was able to build on being able to communicate with my fellow man, meaning I learned to be a listener more than a talker. That means that if someone was going through something, God will give you a discernment to see that. You can look at a person's face and look at their eyes and you can tell something's going on. And then he taught me how to ask is everything all right, brother? Is everything, you know, is anything you need to do? You know, can we talk? And then he taught me to take the time with people and not just sit down and lecture them, do this and do that. Because everybody is different and they choose to handle things in a different manner. They have different legacies, different ways that they have evolved. But the one thing that we all have evolved in is our love for Christ. And when you have that basic platform to start it, like with Paul, once they understood that Paul loved Jesus as much as Peter did, as much as James did, as much as all the rest of them, then they said, okay, look at him. Because 
Paul stood up and spoke to them and they began to listen. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So it was that same thing. When I went back home, I, I, my mother passed away before she could see the change of Christ in me. But I was able to know that I was doing what she hoped for me and doing better. So I was able to live with that. But going back to my sons, my daughters, I have been restored with my sons and daughter, and they were able to share with me honestly how they felt about my previous life, my previous legacy, and my youngest son, just as much as a month ago, said, Pop, I'm so glad that whatever you're doing, it happened to you. You know what I'm saying? So uh -huh. that showed me that God, again, on that restoration, has restored me to the person they believed I should have been, that dad that I should have been for them. And now I have an opportunity to uh, mentor my grandchildren. I have an opportunity to be a leader in my community, not so much as follow me, let's climb up the mountain together, but just letting them know that we are fraternal. We all in this all in this pot together, cooking under the same fire, and we need to help each other as opposed to uh, judge or uh, you know other people. So I think that, uh, in short, and in, in short, I think that God has allowed me to be more loving. That's the best way that I can say it. Kind of it sounds a little wimpy, but God is allowed me to be more loving where when I retired from, and this is, I'm going to close on this. When I retired from the company that I just left, I was the only uh, African-American or black person in a responsible position to making decisions and leading people. And the one thing that I was blessed with was when we had a, a retirement meal, even in this pandemic, we had a, we were uh, socially <laughs> aligned six feet away from each other. But the mm -hmm. one thing they did when we sat down to have some Chick-fil-A chicken and uh, drinking some sweet tea, because it was in Alabama, they said, Mr. Lewis, I, I'm, you know, we're going to miss you, but there's one thing you got to do before you leave us. And I said, well, what's that, team? And they said, we need you to bless the food before we eat. Now, that made me cry. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Because they got yeah. it. I was a Christ follower. I was a believer in God. And I was trying to be a good person to represent yes. my Savior. And yeah. it tells me, it, that, that told me that I did a good job. And I gave yeah. glory to God. It wasn't that I, I I only got tearful because I knew through the nothing but the grace of God that I was able to make that type of impact. You get what I'm yes. saying? And that's yeah. what, to me, a man's legacy is to yeah. make an impact on life and yeah. use God's love to do it. That's, that's, that's what it's about. Like, literally... 
what you just said is what is about if it, it, it seems kind of small yeah but it's really is big because sometimes something small mm. it might seem small to other but it's really big because sometimes you don't even know the effects that you had on people's life until way down the road <laughs> so they'd be like uh, I appreciate the the time that you you talked to me. I appreciate the time that you would just tell me smile. I appreciate the time that you just sat down with me, encouraged me. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, sometimes people don't tell you personally, but sometimes, like you said, because they don't tell you personally, but God sees everything. Yeah. No, you know, and that's what I, our reward is. It's not um, people reward, but heavenly reward. Yeah. You know? So I, I I really I'm glad you broke down legacy. I I feel like this is so important for anybody whether you're young old um it doesn't matter you know whenever you start i would say just do it the right way it's not it's not it's, um it's not how you start it's how, it's, it's how you're you gonna finish yeah so uh and with your story it it tells everything so um yeah this is all that we have thank you mr lewis um for coming on, um, being a special guest. Yeah. Um, this this is all we have for Mara's podcast. Uh, and I'm out. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. Love you, brothers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.